Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, hey, welcome back to Hit That Line. Week 2, I'm your host. Zach Berry joining me as always. Austin, Nick, and Ben will be here with us shortly as he is wrapping up some work with the, uh, you know, the day job. But we're here. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk week two. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we doing after uh, the shellacking in week one that we took? A bit better. Uh, you, you know I'm worried about our defense. I mean, giving up seven points last week. Come on. <laughs> Got to be better than that. We... Uh, I, would these constitute? There were some bad beats in this in this one. Austin, you had one for sure. Um, I had one because Wisconsin just took their foot off the gas. My other two L's were uh, I went against the grain in one of them. I uh, went against the what everyone else was saying, and I was like, "Hey, maybe this will be that one gambling thing where like, you know, all the the sharps and all the money's on going this way, and I'm gonna catch it." Nope, Texas Tech took an L um, up in Laramie. And then Clemson, whoo, big old egg. Um, Austin, yeah, you had a you had a tough one, didn't you? Yeah, Chip Kelly wouldn't get his head, up his head out of his ass <laughs> for most of that game. He's got a five-star freshman who comes in and throws dimes. And then he insists on going back to Ethan Garbers for long, long stretches of that game, who promptly, you know, throws interceptions as soon as he goes back in the game. So... Kelly notoriously, and this may be relevant for for this week, Kelly notoriously takes non-conference games like off, basically, doesn't seem to care about covering. Um, In some years, it's actually come back to bite him. It almost did against South Alabama last year, but it definitely looked like a QB tryout uh, against Coastal. If you're going to back the Bruins, you have to be confident he's going to play more because if he plays Garbers, they're in trouble. I mean, when you... When you have the ability to put Ethan Garbers in the game, you just got to. You got to do it. Um, one thing I will say that you do have to do, and that is to be sure to go check out homefieldapparel.com, the title sponsor of this year's show. Check out the Ole Miss collection. If you haven't done so already, go give it a look. Get you some merch. for. Uh, it's probably not going to be there in time for – for Tulane, but Georgia Tech, Alabama, the rest of the schedule coming up. You can have some uh, some nice merch, wear around the house, wear to Oxford, whatever you want to do. But when you do it, your first order, TOC23 is the promo code. Use that for your first order and you get 15% off. Um, I was a big fan of uh, three items. I went ahead and snatched those up when the uh, collection dropped a couple weeks ago. But you can still go on their website and get you some home field apparel. I love the tees. They're incredibly comfortable. Nick is a huge fan of the hoodies. I have one. Um, I love it. It's extremely comfortable. A little bit of a little bit of a nip in the air um, this evening here in Nashville. So it, it, hoodie season's right around the corner. Um, and then they got a quarter zip. They they they've got tons of stuff. So toc twenty three is the promo code. 
get you some home field apparel. All right, so after week zero, week one, whatever you want to call it, combined, um, we're out of the gate limping, four and twelve overall. But uh, week two is here, and uh, see that's the that's the great thing about this this podcast here is we 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 get another crack at it the next week. So um, let's look at week two. Um, any national storylines that y'all are kind of thinking about heading into week two before we get into picks? I mean, should we cover how wrong everybody was about Colorado except Nick, basically? <laughs> I was. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't give him that. All right. In, in, in hindsight, and I, I'm, I'm not in any way like talking about me because I didn't really know this until like after the fact. But apparently they have the 36th, but that like by composite, the 36th best roster in the country based on talent. And I mean, we should have seen like they probably weren't going to go like two and 10 or three and nine with it. I do I, think there's a little bit of like TCU is yes. going to be kind of mediocre there too. Yes. I, I don't, I don't think Colorado's going 10 and two. But I definitely think they're going to go bowling at this point. I I but, legit, I was dead wrong. I was wrong about Clemson and I was wrong about Colorado. A lot of people were, but I was very wrong. I did not think they would. I I, I legitimately did not think they would score that many points. I didn't think they'd win. I'm incredibly shocked. People over in Funky Town, which I don't know why they call Fort Worth Funky Town, um, <laughs> have to be like scratching their head because my goodness, they looked bad and. I mean, Kendall Bryles, I know they put up a ton of points, but uh, Sonny Dykes has got to figure something out because giving up 45 and over 500 yards passing, with all due respect to Shadour Sanders, I, I, I mean, that dude was in the swack last year, mm-hmm. and he just swacked you with 510 yards passing, and that's embarrassing. Yeah. Look, I think Nick is absolutely right. Two things can be true at once. Colorado was vastly, vastly underrated, I think. You know, we were all, I think it's safe to say at this point, we were all dead ass wrong. Again, that doesn't mean they're going undefeated. They may not even bowl. That remains to be seen. But they're much better than most of us thought. Shador Sanders actually might be okay. Uh, but TCU could also be Cheeks. I, they looked really bad. And Bryles, my God, he got out. Sean Lewis on the other side of the ball, offensive coordinator for yep. Colorado looked like a genius compared to Bryles in this game. And Arkansas fans criticized Bryles in the past for refusing to run the ball and instead insisting on getting in shootouts and throwing the ball over the yard when he didn't have to. And that's absolutely what happened against Colorado. TCU could have run the ball down Colorado's throat all day and played keep away. And he just refused to do it. He wanted to go back and forth. And he, they just couldn't. They, they wanted to stand in the middle of the ring and trade blows with Colorado, and it just didn't work out for them. That's the the key for me. And now again, I don't think they're going to win eight or nine games just because I do think when they get into the meat of that Pac-12 schedule, it's going to get ugly. But Sean Lewis as the offensive coordinator is huge. Yep. Because that's that's key. That dude was a, was a head coach. Mm-hmm. And he is now the offensive coordinator calling plays for Deion Sanders, which Deion is not in charge of calling plays. No, he's not in charge of anything. But I mean, look, no. he is. Look, he assembled the talent. He assembled the roster. He's, so he's in charge of the hype that. machine. Exactly. Exactly. And look, it's working so far. So credit to him. I'm not. You know, that wasn't meant to really detract from the job he's done so far. But 
don't lest anybody believed otherwise Dion has nothing to do with game day X's and O's he hired really good coordinators he's got a really good staff and um turns out he's got a pretty good roster much better roster than I thought he had the other uh national headline I feel like we got to get into which I, we'll probably touch on a few more as we do our picks and and talk about our analysis and stuff um my goodness Clemson it might be over Speaking of, yeah, speaking of rosters, yeah. <laughs> I know that's hyperbolic, but my goodness. I mean, I was watching that game. I was, you know, doing some work. I was, I had it on as background noise, but I was paying attention, you know, probably 60, 40. And I just kind of kept waiting on Clemson to turn it on. I kept waiting on them to take control of the game. Duke beat their ass. I mean, Duke, full stop, just absolutely dominated the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, look, Clemson did have some turnovers and some weird stuff with field goals, but you're right in that, like, d- there was no flukes on the, from Duke. Like, they lined up and just out physical Clemson at the point of attack when they had to. Their defense was, you know, was aggressive. They flew to the ball. They, the Clemson, I thought would be far superior in the trenches. And that just was not the case at all. Uh, I think, I think Dabo's refusal to hit the portal. Refuser to play, refusal to play the transfer game. You know, it's finally coming back to bite him. They just don't have dudes, man. There's no skill talent. Uh, I think you mentioned Zach. There's a there's a transfer to the SIP candidate on that roster. Uh, outside <laughs> of him, like the, that's like really it. That's it. That's all they got. And look, Shipley at this point, Shipley looks like Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott. Like now, it's like he's got no <laughs> tread left on the tire, man. He's like 40 years old suddenly. I saw a thing. It was talking about um, kind of the the type of player that Dabo's recruited there, and he it's like he stopped recruiting players and fitting them into his culture, and started recruiting only the type of players that would fit in his culture. If that makes sense, like he he stopped going after really good players and tried to bring them in and assimilate them into his program, and only started recruiting the players that would fit his program. And that's just they're not the type. There's just not a, as many good enough players that fit that mold already. Rather than you know mm-hmm. trying to get them and, and then change them and kind of mold them once they mm-hmm. got there, he just wanted them already ready made for his program. And then just there's not enough guys, and and it and it shows out there. I mean, he the whole tra- refusal to do the portal. I hate the portal. I, I don't like the this this turnover. You know, fifty guys every single year changing. I don't like it at all. But like it's it's what we're doing now. So your choice is either be bad or hit the portal. So, I mean, I, and, yeah. and I guess that's what he's chosen. Exactly. And to your point, that's a nice segue into the team in the ACC who absolutely committed to hitting the portal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida State went out there and just trashed LSU. Um, Florida State's got dudes, man. Uh, I know Ben's on the season long under, and I like that play. But Florida State looked elite against LSU. Now, again, it's a little bit like Colorado TCU. Two things can be true. FSU may be better than I thought they were. But I think LSU has got problems in critical spots um, up and down that roster. That LSU hasn't had – when's the last time LSU has not had a running back or a guy in the secondary that was a dude? Yeah. I mean, do you I, remember? John Emery's out. I couldn't mm-hmm. – outside of the freshman that I know <laughs> – from recruiting, I don't know who their running back is. They don't have anybody back there, and they don't and then, have anybody in the secondary either. Yeah, in the in the secondary, yeah, I have, I I know one guy in the secondary, and I know he's suspended, 
and that's Denver Harris who came over from A&M. But that's it. There is no Derek Stingley. Um, yeah, there's there's no Maurice Claiborne. There's no Patrick Peterson. There's no, no Eric Honey Reed. Badger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know week one overreactions, but those are a couple games where I, I don't think there's any overreaction to how badly those teams lost. Um, yeah, Clemson's got to do some soul searching, and uh, it, it's. I was I was literally telling somebody the um I guess it was Sunday after the Florida State game. And I was like, man, I might have been telling y'all, I was like, I can't wait for Clemson Florida State because that, that's that's gonna be the game for the ACC this year. And then Monday night I was like, Nope, never mind. <laughs> Cause if that if that Clemson team shows up, FSU is dog walking them. Not only that, if that FSH, if that Clemson team rather, if that's who they are the rest of the year, dude, they may lose to North Carolina. They may lose to Miami. Yep. There are more losses on their schedule outside of the FSU game. All of a sudden, that Palmetto Bowl was looking awfully yeah, soft. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into picks, uh, or at least the schedule, and then we'll uh, we'll get into to picks as we go along, and then um. We'll fill out the uh, the sheet here, but before we do that, I do want to remind you, uh, podcast is also brought to you by College Corner, 825 Sisk Avenue, Suite 105 in Oxford, Mississippi. Go check them out. They have got collegiate apparel for pretty much everything you could ask for with Ole Miss. Men's, women's, kids, they got um, sale items. Go in there, check it out. They got tailgate supplies, they got gifts, they got gear. Got home decor, drinkware, stuff for your car, all of that and more at College Corner. Um, if you need to grab you a quick game day polo before you head to New Orleans, that's the spot you need to go to. They got Columbia, they got Cutter and Buck. Um, they've got all different kinds of brands. They got T-shirts. They've got Ole Miss National Championship swag from the uh, baseball team winning the title. So if you still need to, uh, you know, you can never have too much national championship merch. Go over there and uh, grab you a polo. Um, Horn Legend is another um, brand that is out there that is new that I've I've never heard of it until now, but it looks pretty sharp on the website. I uh, I personally am a fan of the Cutter and Buck. the uh, The fit is uh, very nice. It is to my liking. I think it fits. It's a, it's a nice soft shirt, very comfortable. And then um, if you uh, if you want to pay homage to uh, the late great Jimmy Buffett. They've got some uh, Hawaiian shirts as well. So that is College Corner now in Oxford, Mississippi on Sisk. Go check them out. Tell Scott the folks that uh, the boys from Hit That Line sent you. All right. Week two, the big one obviously is in Tuscaloosa, Texas, Alabama. Saturday night. I believe that game is at six o'clock. Top 15 matchup here. I've gone back and forth on this one. The line is still at seven. If I am uh, reading this correctly, this just kind of feels like a Nick Saban special where they just kind of lean on him for a little bit and uh, win by 13 points or so. Um, Texas is kind of in that same category as Texas A&M with me. Like they got to prove it. Um, Sark has, shown signs of life and then they they lose something stupid 
um, like Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies do. So um, I know last year everybody says, you know, well, if Quinn Ewers hadn't gotten hurt, they'd probably beat Alabama. Um, you know, Bryce Young happened quite a bit in that game as well. I I don't know. This just feels like a game that, that Nick Saban and Alabama win, um, especially in Tuscaloosa at night. I mean, that's, that's not a terribly loud environment, but I just think that Alabama is going to be ready. I mean, they've been preparing for this game for, for a year now. So that's, I'm going to lay the points and go with Alabama. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think the tide win. I don't think that this line, I mean, what is it at right now? Is it up to seven? ESPN has it at seven. Let me pull up Vegas Insider to see if there's any. So you're telling me essentially if this game was in Texas, it's a pick them. And Probably. I just, I just doesn't seem right to me. I just, Alabama has, uh, you know, according to metrics, the most talented team ever assembled in college football based on stars. Obviously, you know, we're not basing it on stars. Once you get on campus, you gotta, you know, you gotta show who you are. And there's, there's, there's been more talented teams. They don't have the guys at receiver. I don't, I don't think that they've had in years past, but point is, is that they are supremely talented. I don't, know why this Texas team would be a pick them on, you know, at Texas. I just don't think they're that good. If I'm only taking seven points with Alabama, uh, a superior coaching staff, I think. Uh, quarterback is probably the one position I'd feel confident saying Texas is better than Alabama at. Um, but, I mean, I don't think Jalen Miller is, like, awful by any stretch. Uh, but after that, Alabama is probably better at, at every position. I mean, unless I'm just missing something. Um, maybe wide receiver. I definitely think the Alabama's got the better running backs. They're they're better up front. They're going to be better defensively. Um, seven points at Alabama. This is to me. I'm thinking Crimson Tide by like thirteen plus. Whoa. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I mean, that's like. I don't know. Thirteen doesn't feel like a blowout to me. It's just you know they're going to win by a couple scores. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happened. I, I think I'm, I lean more Zach's way, though, where Alabama wins, but I don't know if they cover seven in the hook or, or seven. Uh, I, I, you're right, Nick, about the more talented roster top to bottom. It's absolutely Alabama. But I would say the positions that matter, the positions that they you know come with the premium price tag, Texas, I think, is better. Quarterback, I think that's, that's easy, open and shut case for Texas. Wide receiver, I think, is pretty clearly Texas, too. And I would just note that Saturday, Alabama may have backups going in the secondary. I think their starting uh, corners got hurt against middle. I think one of those guys may go, and one is definitely not going to play. The transfer from UAB, I think, is the one that has been ruled out, which tells me if Saban even had to bring in a transfer from UAB, he may not have had the dudes back there that he wanted or needs if he was uh, you know, playing on a championship this year. So – I think Alabama can be had in the secondary, and I think Texas has the tools to do it at, at receiver and at quarterback. Um, so I think Bama's going to come out with an old-school Bama game plan where they play keep away and run the rock with Milrow and company at running back. Um, you know, Milrow is not not great in the passing game, but he is dynamic in the run game. I'm not sure that Texas's front seven can bottle him up, up enough, you know, get enough stops to uh, to win the game but i do think they can keep it close um i started to go under here but i i don't know i think it could get loose maybe with an interception short field who knows and i, I think texas can be explosive on offense although they were not last week against rice 
part of me thinks that they may have been looking ahead to this week. They probably prepped for Alabama more in the offseason than they did Rice. So I'm not going to to judge them too harshly for last week's performance. But um, I don't know, it should be a really good game. It's going to be a crazy, crazy scene in Tuscaloosa. Texas probably should have gotten them last year. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're going to do it this year, though. I think it's a whole, you know, these are two different teams. I think Bama's going to take a completely different approach on offense. And rather than trying to trade score for score, I think they play keep away and grind it out. Old school Bama, you know, and it's 28-24 tied. I just got to the party. Um, I I agree with Nick here. I think – I think this is one of those Alabama games where they they win by two to three scores and get back everybody's you know mind back right in turn like in the way that they look at it, it's like oh we gotta we gotta get the media and the you know national pundits or whatever back right and saying that that we're awesome and seven points isn't enough points and or you know we need to be laying ten or eleven or twelve to to Texas so. Uh, I like Alabama. Now, I, I do agree that, um, um, you know, Mil- this is not a typical Alabama uh, quarterback. And, and so that that's the one place uh, where I'm held up or that brings me pause is that it doesn't feel like they're going to have any sort of – well, let's just say it this way. <clears throat> For like the last – how how many years? Ten or fifteen? Alabama's had a fringe Heisman contender at quarterback or winner. I mean, Tua, Hurts, Mac Jones. Um, I mean, going all the way back to you know, I guess after the Greg McElroy years, um, they've been pretty solid there. Sands like the Blake Sims season where they they I actually kind of was similar to, to Milro, you know, former running back. So, um, but I like Alabama here. I do. I like them. Uh, like I said, two to three touchdowns. I, I, I was unimpressed with, and, and this is, you know, knee jerk reaction, Ben time. I was just unimpressed with Texas against rice, but, but, you know, Austin, you're probably right. They were probably just looking ahead to Alabama. They probably spent all off season preparing for Alabama. I mean, I would have, there. yeah, I would have, I assume yeah. Sark. Is think about enough to do that. Think about the 2015 Ole Miss team. You know, you had Fresno and UT Martin in the first two games. Now they blew them out, but everybody knew that the first game of the year was game three, mm-hmm. and that was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's probably the way this one's going to go. I think it's, uh, you know, relatively close game and then Alabama just kind of leans on them and runs away with it. Um, all right. 11 AM semi big one here, but it's, it's interesting. It's on ABC. The 10th ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish are taking on the NC state Wolfpack at Carter Finley stadium. I hate this isn't a night game. Cause that place low key gets pretty rowdy at night. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame giving seven and a half here. This will be a true test. You've got um, Brennan Armstrong, the former Virginia quarterback, is now with the Wolfpack going up against Sam Hartman, who, my goodness, everybody drooled all over him after what he did to Navy, um, which, I, you know, 
cool. Um, I, I know he's handsome. He's got a beard that looks really nice and he's got really good hair. Um, but this is, this is where we'll, we'll find out a little something about Notre Dame. Um, on the road, it is a day game. So not a true, you know, in my opinion, not a true road test, but, um, this one I think could get a little weird. Um, I, I like Notre Dame to win, but this this might be you know kind of a possibly either a backdoor cover for the Irish or maybe the NC State Wolfpack ruin it late with a uh, with a score. But um, yeah, I think this one might be closer than the experts think type game, and Notre Dame kind of ekes out a win. Yeah, so uh, NC State did not look good in week one against uh, UConn. They they got pushed around in the trenches. Uh, the quarterback experiment did not go well with the Virginia transfer. Um, their defense UConn actually – UConn cash for me. UConn yeah, cash for me. Yeah, and, and <laughs> look, NC State's defense was pushed around a little bit, so shockingly, by, by UConn. Um, and Notre Dame has looked like, world beaters through two weeks. Hartman has been a giant improvement for them at quarterback. Um, they're really tough in the, in the trenches on both lines of scrimmage. They have a monster at running back. Having said all that, y'all know how this goes. Like you, you cannot lay a touchdown or more on the road at NC state. You just can't, not in this spot. I, I think they get up for the game. Um, I don't know that they win outright, but there's absolutely no way I would lay points with Notre Dame when their first real road test against a team with a pulse. Dave Doran has made a career off of this. Uh, so despite what NC State looked like um, the weeks prior, I just I, – I've got faith in them to keep it close somehow, some way. Again, I don't know if they pull it off outright. And Zach, like you said, if it was at night, I'd, I'd give them a lot better chance at getting the outright dub here. But I think NC State covers the number. It's going to be an ugly game. Probably plays in the twenties as a twenty-four, twenty-one Irish. I really, I really want to lay the points and lock them, but y'all are talking me out of it. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hold off on this until the end of the show because this might, I might circle back on this one. I think Notre Dame is really good. Like I think they are really, really good. Their running back is awesome, and um, um, th- this is not your typical. I say typical. That Notre Dame has been good for the past 10 years. We all like to make fun of them, but they win 10 or 11 games seemingly every year outside of, what, last year? And even mm-hmm. last year when Notre Dame went eight or nine, I can't remember. Either way, um, uh, I like I like Notre Dame. I agree with you guys that this is a, uh, a weird spot. And, and keep in mind, you know, Vegas, they take into account so, – so the – and this goes to y'all's point. Notre Dame looking awesome the first two weeks and NC State not looking good would you would expect this line to be more like 10, but it's seven and a half. And that that gets to be in the stinky number for me. And it just seems a little bit too good to be true. I, I agree with the 24 21 pick. I, if I were going with uh, NC State covering, matter of fact, I, I was going to say 27 to 21 uh, Notre Dame, but but you, simply because y'all taught me out of locking it in. So, but I may circle back later and do it. I, I can't decide. I should mention here too, Hartman has played against NC State, you know, formerly at Wake. And I know his uh, his, his supporting cast at Wake 
we're not nearly as talented as his supporting cast at Notre Dame, particularly on the lines of scrimmage. But Hartman is one and two in his career against NC State. So, you know, familiarity is a two-way street now. Maybe Hartman, you know, has learned from his past experience against the Wolfpack. But I, I just have a feeling that Darren, Dave Darren and company, Dave Doran, however you pronounce it, and company are not um, – are not exactly scared of Hartman. I think they faced him. They know what they're getting. They can scheme for him. And it's going to come down to whose running game is better ultimately and who doesn't turn the ball over. I think Notre Dame's probably still better in the ground game. So I, I give them the win here. But I just think people are already selling NC State stock a little, little early given how they played against UConn. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. This is a weird one. I I don't feel like at this at least at this point now they played two games. Um so maybe that's something to put some emphasis on here. They played two, NC State's only played one. I don't know. I I just don't I don't view Notre Dame as like, oh, this is a shoe this is a shoe in on the road. Um which I I think is you know, I'm not some expert, but it's only seven and a half, so um, yeah, it could could get a little silly. Um, oh, well, let me ask y'all this: If Ole Miss played at NC State, what do you think the line would be? Ooh, Ole Miss minus three, two and a half. Would we be favored on the road? You think? I think so. Yeah, that that Golden Domer helmet is helping out here for sure. No yeah. question. But like they, I said, look, they, they, they good. are good. I mean, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, Har- yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying Hartman's. Yeah, no one's saying he's not worthy of the attention. But uh, I mean, they've beaten up on Navy and who'd they play last week? Tennessee State. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think Tennessee State. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they've not played anybody. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and, and Navy that's may be real bad. Treatment, man, that's the. Oh well, they just beat Mercer. It's like, well, they look pretty good doing it. Yeah, yeah. and they can only, yeah they they can only beat the team on their schedule. So I'm That's not right, you know right. I can't beat them up too much for that. Yeah. All right, Nick's back. Nick, do you have any thoughts on this one? Maybe he's back. Maybe he's not. I'd imagine Nick is probably in the same camp as us. Um, Which game is this? I sorry, I joined a little later. Notre Dame. Notre Dame and NC State. Oh yeah, Did, wasn't this game played in a monsoon a few years ago? Or and I'm totally misremembering that. Probably like five years ago. Yeah, that's all. 
Okay, yes. I, I thought so, and I remember. I don't know if we said. And Brian Kelly tried to time. throw the ball like the entire yes. game. Yes, <laughs> and the over under started at like forty three. I think it got down the morning of the game to twenty eight, and I'm pretty sure, oh, which is like yeah. insane. And I'm pretty sure the score was like ten three. It was like the mm-hmm. easiest. They could have put the over under at twelve, and I probably still would have gone under. I mean, I lost obviously, but it was a literal monsoon. It was an actual hurricane that they played through. So. Um, no, I mean, I, the, the, the Notre Dame team, I think, is, is pretty decent. So, I'm, what, what's, what's the line? I haven't seen it. It's seven and a half. In Raleigh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still laying them. That, that's fine with me. Okay. Notre Dame's right. talented enough. Yeah, I think so. Also at 11 a.m. on ESPN, the 1-0 Utah Utes travel to Waco to take on the 0-1 Baylor Bears. Um, who baby, um, this one I think could get ugly. Uh, man, the shine has really, really come off Dave Aranda. Um, uh, and, and is it Blake shape and hurt? Is he done? Yeah, he's hurt. I don't know if he's done for the year, but he's definitely not playing this weekend. We dodged yeah. the bullet with the Aranda deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, Utah's given eight here. I'm laying them. I might circle back on this one. Um, what, what's the over under on this game? Forty seven. <laughs> lock it up. I'm going ahead and taking the under. How is Baylor scoring in this game? They're not. I, I mean, excellent I, question. I don't think that Utah is like going to score forty something on their own. I mean, I, I don't think that they're so much better than Baylor that they'll just not stop scoring. I don't think that that's in Utah's offense's DNA to just be able to do that. So I don't expect them to score north of like thirty, and I mm-hmm. don't expect Baylor to score hardly at all. I mean that I, I don't think gonna, Florida is is like a harbinger of what they're going to do all season because Florida's offense is bad, but the Utah defense is good, like really very good. And I just don't. I mean Baylor kind of had struggles against what Texas State last week scoring at times. So yeah, how, I just how are they scoring gonna, against Utah? Um, yeah, I'm gonna also lock in Utah minus seven and a half. You can get that at DraftKings. Um, yeah, I'm locking this in. I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't I think. I think Utah. I think Utah's legit, regardless of who's at quarterback. They're they're good every year. I don't know why we do this yeah. every year, where people are like, "Oh, well." I mean, the only people who thought, and you know, this isn't to like pick at anyone. But the people who thought that, you know, Florida was just going to roll into Utah and win, Utah's Hell a better no. program than Florida right now. A hundred percent. I mean, I was trying to think, you know, it would there be a, quote, hangover after a, a big win? I don't know that that's necessarily – I mean, it's cool being an SEC team for them. I don't know that that's a big win. for They would consider that a big win anymore. And plus, it happened last Thursday. Utah got 10 days to prepare, mm. prepare for this, or nine mm. Whereas, you know, Baylor's coming off a terrible loss where they kind of got whipped by Texas State. And that's just not the nature of Utah's program either, man. Like, they're not going to get – Whittingham is not going to let those guys get sky high. That's just not – that. like, they expect to win games. They're also all, like, 25 because they've been on their mission. But they expect to win games. You know, like, they're not surprised that they beat the hell out of Florida. They knew they were going to beat the hell out of Florida, and they're going to go in and beat the hell out of Baylor this weekend, rinse, repeat, you know? And and further, they have Weber State next week. I don't. Why would they like? What are they looking ahead towards? I mean, yeah. like you yeah. beat Florida. If I if I'm them, 
Uh, maybe I'm looking ahead towards Oregon in, in what is that week five, September 29th. But I mean, I've got Weber State and UCLA and, and Baylor. Like, I want to be four and zero and ranked seventh in the country when we when we go on the road to Corvallis because a couple weeks after that, I've got USC and then Oregon. So like, now's the time to make hay. They're mm. they're they're putting their head down and getting to it. This Baylor team, uh, maybe they'll surprise me. I mean, maybe I think there is you know something to be said about overreacting from week one because Baylor's probably not as bad as they showed last week, but. I think the Utah team is just like they're good at football. No, I think Baylor oh, yeah. would would could possibly cover the number if they had shape and healthy. Now I'm not saying they would win outright, but I'd feel much better about the number. I just don't see how they're competitive here. I think Utah can just boa constrict them for four mm. quarters after scoring ten points and just get out of there with a win. You know? Yeah. If I told you Utah won twenty four to eleven again, like yeah. no one would be surprised. Not at all. Yeah. Thirty-one I mean, they, to three, twenty-eight yeah. to six. This is going to be a suffocation. Yeah, this is um, as our buddy uh, Michael Felder likes to say, they're gonna uh, they're gonna put the paws on them. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what they do. Like they they don't care who they're playing. They don't care if it's SEC, Pac-12, ACC. They're gonna line up and hit you in the mouth over and over and over and over. Um, and yeah, like Ben said, people continue to sleep on them for some reason and they continue to prove everyone wrong and Kyle Whittingham's been there for uh you know 33 years at this point I mean he's been there forever um they have an identity and they they stick to it um man I wouldn't be any more confident if Ole Miss played a road game at the Horseshoe in Columbus Ohio or at Utah <laughs> I wouldn't be any more confident in either game Oh, like, I'd be more. I'd be more confident in the horseshoe. Me too. I, Rice, I think I Rice Eccles too. is a damn house of horrors for people. Very, um, you know. Speaking of an identity, um, one team has an identity for sure. The other, still trying to find it, at 11 a.m. on Fox, Nebraska at Colorado, Folsom Field. This might be the rowdiest Folsom Field has been since dead and company was there this summer. Um, it, it has not been this rowdy for a football game. Um, it is, it's, it's sold out. It's going to be jam packed. You know, the weather is just going to be absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. Colorado has an identity. They're going to score a ton of points. They're going to have fun and they're going to let you know that they're having fun and they're going to talk shit. Nebraska, they don't really know who they are. They're still trying to figure it out. Um, really just gave one away against Minnesota. They controlled that game up until the last, what, 10 minutes, eight minutes. Jeff Sims had a bad pick, and then um, Minnesota ran away with it with just a couple circus catches to win. But, um, yeah, the Matt Rule era, not off to a great start. Deion Sanders era, I mean, just could not have written up. I mean, I mean that's that was Hollywood stuff with, with how they won their first game. So, um the line is three to the buffs, but isn't this setting up for, I, I, it's not an upset, but like a huge letdown spot for Colorado, or is it just not going to matter and they're going to be able to out scheme Nebraska and get a big, big win at home. So my thought here, I've got to see Colorado one more week before I, 
decide what what I think they really are, because I, I frankly did not. None of us expected what what would have happened last Saturday. But to your point, Zach, is this a was that an emotional high, like a you know adrenaline type carry you to to win? Is TCU actually overrated? And we gave them too much credit for making the national title game the year before. Um, you know, all or is Shador Sanders the real deal? I, frankly, I didn't think that he was, but um, I didn't either. You know, he played very. He had 500 yards last week, so um, I won't have to wait. I almost. It's another thing where they're going to be like, "Man, Ben sounds like he's crazy tonight." I almost was going. Well, y'all know this. Earlier in the week, I sent that that line to y'all. I said I may have to lock in. Nebraska, because I think before the season, what was this game like? Nine and a half, Nebraska laying nine and a half or something. It was, it was, I a think it was seven game. and a half. Yeah. Seven it was a half? Ten, yeah, 10 point a, move. Yeah. 10 point move. I mean, that's a lot of value swinging the other way. So I'm going to take Nebraska to cover. Um, but, but I can't, I cannot pick it on who wins. That's just too much swing from game week one or week. Yeah. Week one to two. So, uh, or preseason to week two. So, Give me uh, the Cornhuskers. I, I think Matt Rule's a better coach than than Dion is still. Um, but even though he didn't pan out in the NFL, um, but that's too many points. Uh, give me the Cornhuskers. Mm. Okay. I I'm do going... think – Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was going to say real quick, I think the under might be the play here because, I mean, Nebraska could not score – last week and we know Colorado can against TCU uh, and I imagine that they're going to score quite a bit this week as well barring something crazy which something crazy happened last week but I'll throw this out there because I, <clears throat> I saw this being talked about this week with all the snaps that Travis Hunter played last week I think it was what was it 129 total yeah. mm-hmm. unsustainable yeah is he Somebody said this, and look, you better figure it out because, you know, spoiler, you play all your games there. Is he going to be able to do that at elevation? Because, you know, he's from Georgia. Going to Fort Worth is something that he's used to with the humidity. Is he going to be able to play that much at elevation and be a difference maker the entire game? It's a great question. Uh, I don't know that he could do it even if he weren't at elevation, but at elevation, it's even harder, obviously. You, you, that's unsustainable. He's not going to be able to play at that level. Maybe he plays, but he's not going to be effective on either side of the ball if he has to play that many snaps throughout the year. So maybe Dion plans on getting him some rest here and there. Um, it's not every day that you play, you know, a team that was in the national championship game last year. So maybe they were just making a point against TCU and, and we don't see him nearly as much against Nebraska. But uh, I mean, he was incredible. And Ben, I, look, we we sort of ate our crow before you joined earlier in the in the podcast. Uh, Colorado's a lot better than we all thought they were. I mean, Nick was high on them, but I don't think Nick was even this high on them. Um, and I think I'm going to go full heel, heel turn here and go Colorado. And in fact, I'm going to lock in Colorado minus three. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, I know, it's a ten point swing. And it sounds like a Kenny Trill type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So hear me out. It's a 10-point swing. And you know, the market is usually pretty efficient. Gambling markets are usually pretty efficient. But the markets have had a blind spot for teams with 
tons of transfers. Last year, mm-hmm. it happened arguably with with Ole Miss, with LSU, with USC. All three of those teams went over their win total last year. All were heavy on transfers. I think you're seeing the same thing this year. I think teams that went heavy transfer portal, Texas State and Colorado, what did those two teams do in week one? They came out and, and won outright as 20-plus point dogs. Um, I think the market's got a blind spot there. Now, as we progress through the season, the numbers are going to catch up. And, hell, maybe they catch up to me this week and I look like a fool when Nebraska wins outright. Um, but I just – I saw Nebraska's – I'm sorry. I saw Colorado's skill talent. They're good, man. They're good at receiver. They're good at running back. If Shadour plays like 70% as, as well as he did against TCU, they're going to win a lot of games this year. He's a much better quarterback than Jeff Sims. Colorado, uh, Colorado's just got more – talent at at skill positions than the rest does and i do think rules a better coach than Dion. but as we mentioned earlier in the podcast the real the coaches that are that are making the the money at colorado that are actually uh implementing the game plan and developing the players sean lewis i don't i think nebraska's offensive coordinator was the dude who came from south carolina is that right zach i believe Saturday. so yeah so he's trash like sean lewis <laughs> yeah is excellent. As you saw last week, John Lewis outdueled uh, Bryles. I think he's going to do it again this week against Nebraska. I just don't see any way that Colorado loses their home opener after what they did last week, a packed stadium, all the hype in the offseason. After we saw that performance last, last week, home opener against a pretty mediocre, if not below average team in Nebraska. I've only got to lay three. How often is it going to land on one or two in a Colorado win? I don't think it's going to very often. So let me lay the three with the buffs. Couldn't literally cannot add anything. Like you said, I, these, these small lines in college football games are basically just money lines to me. I mean, yeah, obviously that's a not accurate. You'd lose money thinking that, but this is not the NFL where like a 27, 25 game is like happens twice a week. This is not that. I mean, in two or three points in college football, games just don't happen. That's why I said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama beat Texas or Texas by 13 points and it, it still be like a close game. Like kind of, you know, five, 10, 12-point victories happen all the time. And Colorado is not losing to Nebraska after last week. It mean, This game means a lot to the fans, and I think Dion has kind of been playing that up. They've been talking about how they don't like Nebraska and stuff. He mm-hmm. knows what gets Colorado fans going, and he knows what gets Nebraska fans going. And I don't necessarily think – that Shadur Sanders has any animosity towards Nebraska. I think he might play like it this week just based on what they want, what Dion wants kind of the program to be. I, I, I'm thinking Colorado's winning this game by at least seven. Y'all are absolutely crazy. So I, I just <laughs> I also think it, I, I kind of think that like there is a, a cancer in the Nebraska program and it is just like, they can go in and operate and get new coaches, and it's just in there. And I don't know what it would take to get it out at this point. They just lose close games consistently. That's, that's it, their identity. Yeah, it's gone through three coaches now. I, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's it's one game How in the rural era. They may go eleven and one, but I just it's kind of it is what it is. And I, I'm starting to think that the players, many of whom are back from last year, are kind of thinking it now too. And I once you yeah. once you start thinking that. It's game over. Completely agree. I was going to say that's contagious when, you know, that's kind of creeping in the back of your mind every week is, all right, how are we going to lose this one? And it's it's crazy to think like the Matt Rule's like 
establish an identity in week one <laughs> of his <laughs> of his tenure. Yeah. Like, oh no, oh he's doing this thing again. But like, he really needs to snap out of it like really quickly. If they were to lose this game, like like lead again in the fourth quarter and then like lose it twenty one seventeen, like I don't, I don't know that he could really recover from it in week two. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, good lord. Um, all right, sticking with the uh big games of week two theme, let's go down to Miami Gardens, Hard Rock Stadium, two thirty on ABC. Texas A and M travels to take on Miami. I I, I still, the jury is still out for me on A and M. They looked pretty good offensively a week ago. Bobby Petrino calling plays. Um, I don't think this is really going to matter this week. I, I just don't think Miami's very good. Uh, this game last year was just wanted brutal. You, you wanted to claw your eyeballs out. Um, if Jimbo will just stay the hell out of the way, I think A&M wins comfortably. Um, uh can't believe I'm even entertaining this idea. I might come back to this one, but AM is giving four. Um, the over under is 51. I, it's so weird because that that number in past years, you'd be like, oh, under all day mm-hmm. with, with Jimbo. But with with Petrino, if if he lets him cook, they could easily blow the doors off Miami, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, with uh, Miami upgraded maybe as much as anybody in the offseason when it comes to coordinators, both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And I know it was just against Miami of Ohio, but they looked impressive in week one. Now, AM did too. And if Bobby can cook, as we said, in the offseason, AM is going to put up numbers. Uh, I think they put up numbers against this Miami defense. Miami's defensive line is is pretty impressive, pretty strong. Not like the U of old, but certainly an improvement over uh, recent years. I still think they can be had at the outside, though, on the outside and over the top. And I don't think Miami's skill positions are are very good. Henry Parrish is still there running back. They don't really have a receiver. This is not the Miami of old that, you know, had three guys that were NFL players. They don't really have any dudes on the outside. And their quarterback, it turns out, is just not great. Like, I know he had an impressive freshman year. And... uh Everybody thought he was going to be a Heisman contender by the time he was an upperclassman. That just has not panned out. Having said that, I, I don't think it's a complete runaway here for AM. I think Miami can hang around, even if they have to play a little keep away or, or try to. So I don't know. At 51, I've seen action on both sides of that throughout the week. When the number opened earlier this week, I was really interested because it opened at 46 and a half. That got immediately bet to 48 and a half. Now we're all the way up to 51. I'm kind of like you, Zach. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Anything over 51 feels unlikely. Anything under 51 in years past, you would think it was absolutely golden. But now with Petrino, who knows? Maybe A&M gets in the 30s. I think AM probably comfortably covers. I'm just really interested to see what happens on that total. I think AM wins by a touchdown. Let's call it 31 24. Yeah, I don't. What's the line here? Four. 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 Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was just going to. I mean, 
I don't. I'm. I'm considering locking it in. So I'll. I'll. I'll decide on that after you go, Ben. But I just am afraid that Texas A&M is is kind of finally showing up behind what their talent is, which is a top five. I I, I think by the composite talented team. I mean, obviously Jimbo's got to stay out of the way. And last year, this game was kind of where we we saw. You know, I don't want even want to say cracks. I mean, they were just massive, massive issues with the foundation of Texas A&M. I don't expect we'll see that again this year. I think this Texas A&M team is different. And they're a little worrying, uh, obviously, because Ole Miss has already got a pretty tough schedule. Um, you know, we have a top 25 team on the road this weekend. We've got a whole bunch coming up with Georgia and Alabama. LSU still pretty decent. So the Texas A&M game starting to kind of worry me. I think that they might be starting to kind of play as good as their talent. I, I think they're going to win this one going away. So – uh, I don't know if this got hit on, but Miami ran the ball very successfully last week against Miami of Ohio. They had like seven or eight yards of carry. Um, I I don't think that that's necessarily enough here. Maybe Bobby Petrino was the uh, missing link. I I think this game is close though. And but frankly, that that and y'all know this this is going to be you know hurt falling deaf ears or whatever. But um, I'm not the biggest quote unquote. I'm a I guess I'm an SEC guy in the sense that I'm an Ole Miss guy, but I don't really ne- necessarily cheer for conference affiliation unless I just despise the the opponent that an SEC team is playing. With that said, the SEC needs a good showing here from A&M. Um, South Carolina got roughed up pretty good by North Carolina last week, and LSU got roughed up really good by Florida State last week. And so, you know, the SEC kind of needs – you know, a bounce back here against the ACC, you know, especially, you know, given all just the landscape of college football. Um, I think that's probably going to happen. Connor Wayman's a great player and, and no better coordinator to, to pick up than Bobby Petrino. I mean, you know, that's just a, that's a great, I mean, I guess there, there's the possibility that it gets weird early and Jimbo and Bobby start going out on, on the sideline or in the headset or whatever. And Jimbo takes over. That's the one chance you have at Miami covering here. Otherwise, probably, I would say you know six seven point win for A and M. I think you got you get a couple of uh, points here from uh, over the spread. So close cover, but a cover. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? 
That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. All right, let's get into the last big one of the day before we talk Ole Miss to Lane and get into the rest of our locks. Six o'clock on Fox, number thirteen, Oregon at Texas Tech. This is um, get-right territory for the Red Raiders. Lost at Laramie last week in overtime. Oregon coming off a uh, 81 points against Portland State. Good night. Um, Oregon giving six and a half here. It's at Lubbock. Um, it That's a place that gets rowdy at night. Um, and I will, I will say, and correct me if I'm wrong here, speaking out of turn, I feel like those, that fan base shows up regardless. They, they typically have good environments regardless of how good they mm-hmm. are. Um, that place will be rocking for this game, even though they lost last week on the road. Um, this will be an early test for Bo Nix in Oregon. Um, I like the Ducks here. I think that Texas Tech is a good football team going up to elevation last week. Dude, Wyoming is just a giant killer up there early in the year. Um, I still think the Red Raiders can can make some hay in the Big 12 and and challenge Texas, uh, but I like the Ducks here. Um, if I were putting actual real American dollars on this game, I would lay the points. It's just a one-score line here. The over-under is 69 if you're looking at a, a total. Nice. Um, That's so many points. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I do like the Ducks. Um, be I, I'm very intrigued to see how McGuire and the Red Raiders respond, though. Austin, tell me how this is not just a pleading for a sucker bet after That's, what yes. Texas Tech did last week. Like they 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 lost, but they led seventeen zero in that. Yeah, they led in that game. I just this to me is like they're they're begging people to take Oregon and and. I kind of think Texas Tech's covering. It does. It does just stink so bad. So Texas Tech's up 17-0, gets their guts ripped out in overtime on a two-point conversion play. Like, it, like name a more difficult loss in week one for a program with expectations. So not counting TCU and, and Baylor, basically. Like, Texas Tech, but for those two losses, Texas Tech's loss in week one would have been the worst of week one. And now they come home to Oregon, who put 80 on the board. Is that right? Last week? Uh, 81. 81 on the board last week. And the number is six. I, It's crazy. It stinks to it high heaven. It opened at three. Yeah. It, that's nuts. It's nuts. Um, the other thing is I, I got a stale number on the total. So obviously I can't get that out as a lock. But I hit over 60 and a half when it opened. I think that was in 60 and a half. Yeah, that was a bad, bad number. Um, it's gone up eight points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got some pretty good closing line value there. I would not endorse an over at this point, but I don't know. It's confusing as hell for me. I, I, Oregon's roster is better top to bottom. But look, we saw Texas Tech firsthand last year, and they lost some pieces off that roster, but they were physical as hell on defense. Their offensive coordinator is really good, and when he gets it rolling – he could be as good as anybody in the country. Now, they don't have the weapons that Oregon has. I think Oregon's got the better QB. Um, but the number, I, I don't I, I don't know what to do with this. I, it's a complete stay away from me because the number is screaming trap. Uh, I guess I, if, I, if you made me bet it and I'm getting under a touchdown, I guess I'm playing Oregon, but I would not feel comfortable about that at all. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's really not even a look at spot for Oregon. They're playing Hawaii next week. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have Colorado for two more weeks. I was going to say, if they have Colorado next week, then it might be a little bit def- different. But, you know, I, I think, I, you know, this is this is a stinky line. It, it opened at three. It's already gone up three points. But I've seen some predictors that said it, it should be 12 or 13. I just, yeah. it's all over the place. I can't, I mean, this is degenerate type stuff here. I I I could not call it. I'd probably go under 69, but I would obviously go over what Austin got. I, I think this is 35-32 final, and and you're sweating the entire time. Yeah, I would stay away for sure. Um, all right, one that we will not stay away from. Also, some big-time different weather between or you know Eugene oh, yeah. and Oh, my kid. God. Yeah. That West also Texas, plays baby. the Texas favor. Yeah. All right, the one that we are all here to discuss, 2.30 ESPN2 Ole Miss at Tulane. I'm not going to belabor the point here much. Um, I think Ole Miss dominates. I think last week Tulane was very, very, very lucky and fortunate to have some uh, field position uh, opportunities. They uh, flipped it on some some turnovers, some turnover on downs. Um and it was a seven-point game late in the third quarter. South Alabama was hanging in there. Um, 
I don't know if Michael Pratt's 100%. I think the Ole Miss front seven is going to get after him. And I think Jackson Dart is a man on a mission. And I think the offense is just going to be too dynamic, too many playmakers. And I, I like Ole Miss big here. I'm laying the points in a big way. You know, I, ideally, you wouldn't have to run Quinshawn Jenkins a lot again this week, similar to the Mercer game. Keep his carries around 10 to 15 yeah. and, and win. I, I think that Ole Miss wins. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit nerve-wracking going in, you know, middle of the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and then Ole Miss scores and pulls away and, and wins by, you know, 11 or 12. Let, let's say 32-19, 32-20, something like that, 35-21. Um, you know, I just think that – that uh, there. what's the total? 67? Uh, God, that's big. Um let me see. Try to get a new number. Sixty-six uh, a, and a half. Sixty-six and a half. Yeah. And the line is five, seven, six. Uh, I believe it's seven. 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 Yeah, feels like uh, feels like under is well, the play here, seven. right? Mm. Yeah, it does to me. It feels like under is definitely the play. Um, I said my my score prediction was forty-four sixteen. Okay, that's it. What is that? Seventy sixty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 61, easy under. Yeah, I think it's – I think under's the play, too. I, I think Ole Miss wins, and I'm not quite as bullish as Zach, but Ole Miss played Tulane a couple of years ago, and it, it was – and that was – I don't – I'm sure that Tulane team wasn't as good as this Tulane team, but the talent differential is a little bit too much for me to predict some kind of crazy, you know, close game. I, I, I'll tell you all this. If it's less than a touchdown, I don't think Ole Miss is winning. Uh, that it has that feeling that if it's close, it's going to be like a guide thing, and Tulane will win. Um, but I think that you know we're we're looking at a ten to fourteen point game. Yeah, I, I'm. It's rubs all day here. I know. I know our terrible defense gave up one play longer than twenty one yards last week. So <laughs> I understand there's reason for concern on that side of the ball. But on the other side of the ball. I, this is a to me. This number is completely disrespectful. I'll be locking in Ole Miss team total over thirty four and a half. There's Ooh. no way. There's no way that Tulane is holding this offense below thirty five points. I'm assuming this we're disrespectful. <laughs> it, dude, we're we're gonna get probably ten possessions. You think that's about right? Even with the clock rolls, I'm assuming we're gonna get ten possessions. Oh yeah. Okay, so do the math. Uh, you know. We score on 50% of the 10 possessions. Feel good about that? I feel okay about that. I mean, I... I oh, yeah. We, no, we, I don't disagree with you. It's so, a, yeah. uh, that's right at the number. That's right on 35. Yeah, that's I agree. on me. I agree. So now right. let's... Maybe we get 12 possessions with a turnover, a long punt, whatever. Like, I just... I don't, I don't think Tulane has the pieces on the back end to hold us below 35. I just don't. Now, I do think they're going to try to play keep away. I think they're going to go ground heavy, see if they can can control clock and pace. But uh, unfortunately for Tulane, they, there's no Tajay Spears on the roster. And Pratt's better, really, at airing the ball out. I mean, they live and die on the big play. And against USC and against South Alabama, they connected on those big plays. And when they can dial those up, they can be a really good football team. Um, Is Pratt going to play? I think he's going to – they're going to shoot him yeah. up when he's going to play. But I don't think he's anywhere close to 100% healthy. And so I think if we can get him off his mark, 
make him have to move out of the pocket a little bit, make him uncomfortable back there. And let's face it, just be honest about it. Let's touch him up a little bit, you know, get a helmet on that knee every now and then. I'm not trying to, I don't want us to hurt the kid. I'm not suggesting anything like that. I'm just saying it's football is a physical game. If you make him start seeing shadows after he's been roughed up for a couple of series, I think that's all the better for Ole Miss. I think we're going to be successful in getting pressure on him. USA was successful in getting pressure on him. Um, I think Tulane hangs for maybe a half. They've got a, a really good coach. They've got a decent veteran quarterback. It's going to be a good home home field atmosphere for them, although the stadium only seats like 35,000, so it's not going to be the rowdiest environment we've ever played in. But I think they will hang for a half just because they're competently coached and they're good enough. But I think we run away with it late third and fourth. I think our depth and SEC talent just takes over. And I think it's something like uh, 38-24 Rebs. Yeah, that's a right in line with me. Yeah. Some some in this group, I, th- I think it was this group, said that this was going to be similar to the Georgia Tech game last year. I don't expect that. Georgia Tech was hapless last year. I think Tulane's going to be better than that. But I, go, you know, go ahead, defend defend your position. No, I didn't. I I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to defend it. I'm just saying, like, there's a possibility. I think that's a better chance than Ole Miss losing. I hope you're right there. I mean, I, I think that that's. But I possible. do think Tulane I, is. I think Tulane is very good. Like I. I think we're under under. I say very good. They're very good for a G six or non right. power five conference. I mean team, but but right. as good as you're gonna play now. I also think the the question could be how many players at Tulane would play at Ole Miss, and it's probably not very many. I mean, I, I, no, just, I think that, I, that, I, that's yep. harsh. That's been my oh. argument on a lot of these games for a long time. You don't even really yeah. recruit the same player. Not not to derail you, Nick. But is Pratt better than Spencer Sanders? Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, he's I got mean, he's got legit legit NFL buzz. I guess yeah, we'll I, see. And I don't yeah. think he's turned it over forty nine times in forty two games. Well, if he's got legit NFL buzz, I mean, the last time we played a, a G five quarterback with legit NFL buzz, we went to Memphis and lost. So it, it kind of makes me nervous. But I don't necessarily think they've got like the guy, the receivers on the outside. Nor does he have the arm <laughs> talent that that you know Memphis oh. quarterback did. But I wonder what Paxton I just, Lynch is doing right now. Yeah, seriously, CFL, that guy. Right? Hell no. Oh, did hey, you say CFL? Some, yeah, CFL, yeah, CFL. Okay, I like said NFL. I was like, no. There's Stan Peters game tonight. He's starting in, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I I just I, I think like you guys are saying oh, he's, he's XFL, San Antonio Brahmas. That's a tough. That's a tough scene. I think that Tulane will probably give Ole Miss a game for a half, and I just think that Ole Miss will be too good. The receivers are too strong. I, I mean, we were talking earlier, uh, you know, about whenever Ole Miss is, is able to get their their full receiving core healthy. I mean, just how deep it's going to be, and obviously that's not just yet. But I mean, I really think we saw last week what the what those receivers can do. Um, I, I think the offense can be too much. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to lean too heavy on Judkins, like you said, but. I mean, that offense is, you know, I, uh, 10 possessions is probably low. Almost probably going to lean more towards 11 or 12 just because the offense runs pretty pretty quickly. Uh, at that point, you know, you just need, you know, 40 points, I think, out of Ole Miss. I think it's good, pretty confident. I'm thinking something like 42-21. I do think it's going to be a little closer to that number. Of, what was it, 67, the over-under? Mm-hmm. Yep. 66 do, and a half, yeah. Yeah, I do think it'll be a little closer to that. Like, like I said, 42-21. 
but I think Ole Miss is covering this game. I, I, I really truly would be surprised if, if we didn't. Uh, I really wouldn't even think about taking Tulane until it got to around 10, honestly. Here's, yeah, I should have should have mentioned last week too. I know it's week one. Don't overreact. But USA moved the ball against Tulane. They just put the ball on the carpet too many times and didn't. Yeah. Get, they shot themselves in the foot. Um, if we play a, a clean game, a relatively clean game, I just think we're going to be much more efficient than South Alabama was, and I think our defense is better than theirs. So our buddy Gray Hardison of Red Cup Rebellion, we were talking about it earlier today. It was a seven point game with seven minutes to play in the third. And then everything just went to shit for mm-hmm. South Alabama. They had a turnover on downs, interception, and then a fumble. Yep. But not to be outdone with the silliness, Tulane was driving with about 10 minutes to go. They were up 17. They got to the USA 20, fumbled. USA recovered it. And then during the run back after the fumble recovery, they fumble it back to Tulane. Yeah. Yeah, and Tulane also scored on like a crazy kind of trick play, double toss pass bullshit thing. That I mean, those points count too. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I don't expect stuff like that to happen against our our defense, our secondary. No. They hit on several long touchdown passes. I I don't think now there could be a bust in coverage, but I think the secondary, which Pete Golding rebuilt quickly when he was hired, they went out in the portal and got some dudes. I, I just think that those guys and we we talked about it all off season these aren't like highly rated freshmen or highly rated redshirt freshmen these are guys that have played a ton of football they were all conference guys they're i think the i think Pete Golding is going to have this defense ready and again i i think this is a national statement type game for Ole Miss where oh like everybody it's trendy to pick the green wave and Ole Miss better watch their ass down there in uptown i, I think you know, rat poison, all those jokes aside, I think Kiffin and that staff know that, and they're going to be more than prepared to put up. If they can put up yeah. a 50 burger, they're going to do it. Yeah. I know sports writers like Tulane because of their jerseys and their scrappy and New Orleans and all that stuff. But there's been nothing but one way traffic on this number in the gambling market. It opened at almost minus three and a half, and it's going one direction and one direction only. I, I, I don't think that should be underestimated. Like the money coming in yeah. on almost minus three to take us through the seven, the key number of seven, all the way up to eight and a half at one point. Now, I think there was some buying on Tulane at eight and a half, but to get from three and a half to eight, guys, that's money. That's real money. That's not people betting $10 a, a pop, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got uh, Austin's got two locks. Nick has one. I have one. Ben, you have none, so you kick it off. Well, what have y'all picked? So Nick locked in the under in Utah Baylor. I locked in Utah minus seven and a half. Austin's got Colorado minus three and Ole Miss team total over 35 and a half. 34 right. and a half. I thought it was 34, 34 and a half. Yeah. 34. Big yeah. difference. I so you did that book last week. Yeah. I regret the error. What is the uh, Oklahoma line? Mm-hmm. 16 and uh, a half. Let's see. Yeah, I can six, get you, I, I can I get you 15 16. and a half. Yeah, okay. I'm going to lay uh, 15 and a half Oklahoma over SMU. Ooh. The the Sooners were good last week. Yeah. And now, now, mind you, I, I this is said in the context of they're going against Bush Jones, who's, you know, fired 
before the end of the season hot take. Dude but, was crying um, on the sidelines. He was they're so bad. Yeah, they're so seventy-three bad. points so against an FBS team is a lot of points, though. That like, is just so many points, and they didn't give up any, did they? Three nope. to nothing, wasn't it? No. Yeah, yeah. Shut out. Uh, Gabriel's healthy. Look, you know, I, it's just a good, good Oklahoma team, and they better get right because they're fixing to, you know, in a year mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be a whole new ball game for them, and and we've talked about that in the past. This is just not enough points. I don't. I don't get this at all. I think they win by three touchdowns, and uh, I mean, uh, so I'm going to take Oklahoma. I tell you, the only thing that can derail Oklahoma this year. Now it's only one game. Still need to see them in conference play. And I don't know if I buy this, but there have been rumblings around that program that their fans want Jackson Arnold to play. I don't blame him. He's good. Could could there be could this be another Oklahoma where they had Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams there at the same time? Oh God, I hope so. Because they they love Jackson Arnold and for good reason. He's a stud. He's a five star. But yeah, Dylan Gabriel looked all world last week against a hapless Arkansas State team. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I mean maybe year two is. is I know is, Dylan Gabriel is it, was or, like. Not a physic, you know. Gabriel's not a physically opposing guy, but he, how old is he? Like thirty, and he's got to be at least twenty-four until he starts. Yeah, he's actually just twenty-two. Wow. Oh, okay. It seems like he's been playing college football my entire yeah. life, but um, yeah. Uh, anyway, didn't mean to interrupt you, Zach. No, yeah, no. I, I, I was pretty critical of Venables last year. They were bad, um, but the offense might be good enough to where it won't matter. Um, cause he's, he's got to rebuild that defense there. Cause you know, they didn't play defense with Lincoln Riley there. So, um, all right, Nick, what you got? Uh, okay. So let me pull up my, pull this back up. I'm going, uh, this is a little bit of a, a reaction based off last week. I think Illinois, they're going to Kansas this is what the border war here, uh, separated by, I guess, Missouri. Um, but uh, Illinois Underrated after what they did last week. Struggled a little bit with with Toledo. Uh, ended up getting the win. They're catching three and a half points at Kansas, and I just don't really see. Or I guess can you, can you give me three and a half? I'm seeing three actually. Uh, let's see. Yeah, while, while you're looking for that, so I mean, if I can get three and a half, that'd be great. Even if I have to just get three, that's fine. I just think we're overrated, Kansas. Yeah, I, th- I think we're overrating Kansas a little bit based off what we saw from a few games last year. I don't quite think they're there, and I, I think that Bielema is still a pretty good coach. I, I just think that that's what it is. Um, you know, Toledo, pretty good MAC team, and I think that we're probably going to see that throughout the rest of the year. That's probably a team that goes unbeaten in the MAC. I really think that. I mean, that's a that's a good football team, uh, and they're well coached as well. So I think we're going to see you know a bounce back from from Illinois. Just have to keep it within three of Kansas. I mean. Like, 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 repeat that sentence again. A team has to keep it within three of Kansas football. <laughs> Kansas is kind of scrappy, though. Uh, sure, sure. But Life, I, I just think done a great job. Um, so you're you're gonna believe in Luke Altmeyer and the Illini? Hey, he he, man, he did you know did the trick last week. That's true. I think, and I, led, I, I think he led Illinois in rushing too, which what the fuck what did. is going on? Yeah. 
game winning drive. He did he did orchestrate that. I'll give I'll give him credit. I, I mean, truthfully, I think that that's his level. Like, I think mm-hmm. I think we we probably you know get on him because like he wasn't some stud at Ole Miss, but like that's his level. He's a he's a pretty good college or pretty decent college quarterback, and going to somewhere like Illinois and beating someone like Kansas, like that that's kind of what he would be good enough for. He probably take Ole Miss and beat Tulane this week and then probably lose to Alabama. Like that's yeah, that's about yeah. his level. I think he's particularly well suited for an offense like Illinois where he's kind of a game manager too. You know, Burt's not going to ask him to do a ton in this offense. He's not going to be taking vertical shots every other play. Although he did bail them out with a pretty impressive vertical shot late last week. But you get my point. Burt likes the tight end game and dumps to running backs out of the backfield. And Altmaier's perfectly fine for that. Yeah, the prop on, on this game, by the way, is, is Altmaier over under two, 200.5 passing yards. Mm-hmm. So if you want like an idea of what they're expecting out of him against a team like Kansas, and also if you're kind of expecting a lower score game, which it appears they are, then why would I not go ahead and take the three points? Yeah. Yeah. All right, just so we're clear, no one has taken any action on Oregon, Texas Tech, right? Nope. All right. Nope. I'm gonna- I'm going to try it again. I went against the grain last week. But can't can't fail two weeks in a row, right? I'm going to take Oregon minus six. I think they are good enough to win by one score. Now, will it be tight? Sure. Oregon's got the personnel for it to be tight and then to have a big play, boom. Easy win by eight, nine points, whatever. Um, I don't know. I it could be a could be a a weird week where Texas Tech might let Wyoming beat them twice. Um, they're going to be reeling after that one. I know it's back home; they'll be fired up. But I think Oregon is actually not getting enough attention in the Pac-12. I know everybody's talking about Washington. Everybody's talking about SC. Everybody's talking about DJ at Oregon State. Utah gets gets their flowers. I think Oregon's kind of over there thinking, you know, hey, we we we're over here too. Um, you know, our, our quarterback's got billboards in in Times Square and whatnot. Um, and we know that they're going to try to score points as much as possible. Um, so if they can make a statement in a non-conference road game, I think they're going to. Um, but six, come on, you 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 can give me a score, Bo Nix. So I'm I'm going with the Ducks here. Plus, I saw the uniforms, and I mean, come on. I think that's the only way to play it. I've got All a right. lot. Go ahead, Ben. Did, did it, has anybody um, touched the uh, Iowa State game yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is what? Can you get me in the total? Man, Nick is going to get you for copyright infringement on this dumpster ass game that you're that you're getting involved in here. I did see I did see that um, like Ron DeSantis and a bunch of other people are joining Donald Trump at the game. Um, it's perfect. And somebody said that Kirk Ferentz will still be the most conservative person in the building. <laughs> uh, Thirty six and a half, by the way, Ben. Oh my Thirty six and a half. That's a, I'm going that's to a, take. I'm going to take the under. That's a, that's a Chicago Bears line, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Iowa State 
we all know what Iowa is, right? And and they've got Cade McNamara quarterback. It doesn't really matter. They they beat uh, they beat Utah State or uh, Iowa beat Utah State last week, twenty four to fourteen. Utah State is terrible, and um, but they just don't score points on anybody. And I this goes back. I know Austin's point about their OC gets a bonus if he hits a certain number of points no, he doesn't you know, get fired yeah he's got to do it to, to keep his job the, yeah, yeah the bonus oh, is wow he's, what a weird employed. what a weird rule yeah. either way um it's not as if iowa state is some like juggernaut either their quarterback threw the ball guess how many times how many passes he threw last week against northern iowa without looking how many passes did iowa state throw last week against northern iowa seven Se- seven oh man yeah seven nine thirteen Thirteen <gasps> in college football, they threw thirteen passes. But yeah, but how many did he complete? Ten. Oh, pretty <laughs> efficient. Who is their, who yeah, is their super efficient? Uh, a, a freshman named Rocco Beck. Oh, oh of I remember him. Remember well, yeah, him. <laughs> I think oh, we course. should. It's appropriate to mention on this podcast that their starting quarterback is not playing because he was embroiled in a gambling scandal. Oh, that's right. I forget yep. this is the Gamble Bowl. I, you know, yeah. y'all yep. have y'all ever considered the fact that like Iowa and Iowa State just got screwed on this because their attorney general cared. Like, if mm-hmm. our attorney general yeah. cared and wasn't like doing whatever our attorney general is doing, uh, we would probably also be at like thirty starters. They they just yeah, they were popping dudes for like seven dollar bets on the like the horse races, like the, the dumbest yeah. yeah things. One one guy got popped for like it was like one of us type bets. He got popped for two hundred ten bets totaling two thousand dollars or something like yeah. that like he was averaging like a little over eight dollars of that <laughs> i mean that's 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 as stupid as back in the day when rick Neuheisel oh. got in trouble for a march madness yeah mm-hmm. he, imagine imagine seriously that's the level like who imagine cares he'd average, imagine he'd average 25 points a game and then scoring 24 against utah state <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah, and they had He's 14 on one. the first two drives oh yeah and, they came and, out they came out clicking yeah on fire the first they, uh, uh ben, they real quick. less than three yards per carry against Utah State. That's I mean, a tough scene. Ben, did is... you see the stat for the first drive? What, what was it? The first time that Iowa oh, yeah, had I did see that. Opening did. touchdown drive with a pa- with a passing touchdown since nineteen ninety one. I mean, if it went see... back to ninety one, I'm surprised it wasn't like the first one ever. Because it wasn't like teams in '91 <laughs> were chucking the ball around all the place. It was probably like 1991, and the or other only other time was like 1977 or something. And I just you know, don't understand how they can't. They don't even have the athletes to like get a breakaway every now and then. <laughs> right. Just a busted play. Somebody falls down. Yeah, their, yeah, yeah, like a the, screen. All their fastest players play defense. All their, yeah, <laughs> they have like corners go to the NFL. It seems like every other year, all the time. Yeah, well, offensive yeah. linemen are going to the NFL. I mean. Well, their well, their best athletes are wrestlers, so that's the problem. Yeah, so that's yeah. a good point. But that only their the best slot. athletes played football. You yeah. know that you know that touchdown they threw in '91 on an opening drive was to a tight was to a fullback. Oh, for sure, with some Polish last name too, probably. Yeah, yeah, some dude with a neck roll. <laughs> I, I I I respect the sickoness here, Ben. You know, when you're at the top, you got to start mixing it up. <laughs> don't want to get bored at the yeah, top of the no. trash heap alright if if no one else has one I got one I can fire off real quick for my third Shoot. Um, cause god I picked all favorites last week and went over and I've already got two favorites here 
I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand and I'm going to go with my boy, Gary Joe and the Texas state Bobcats to cover mm-hmm. 14 mm-hmm. against UTSA. Um, man, dude, Texas state, they're fun as hell. They took, too many it points. Two, took it to Baylor. Yeah. Too many points. I think this is going to be a awesome game at two 30 because UTSA is legit. I love, I love what, um, the Roadrunners do. I love uh, their quarterback, whose name has escaped me right now. Um, Frank Harris. Frank Harris. He wears zero. Um, he's a stud. Franco and, uh, Harris. I, I love what uh, what Gary Joe and the Bobcats do offensively as well. This is this is going to be a fun one. And yeah, like Austin said, too many points, and I can get it at fourteen. I think they definitely cover that. When you have an offense like that, like fourteen points, the back door is always open for that Texas State offense. And fun fact, by the way, Texas State's head coach played high school football for UTSA's head coach. Ooh, that's actually that's actually pretty cool. That's pretty, yeah, that is pretty pretty cool. So you know, I, you wouldn't think that even if UTSA were capable of running it up, and I don't think they are, you wouldn't think he'd be inclined to like pile it on his boy, right? Like, surely not. Yeah, and this one might just be a who has the ball last. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they, yeah, like I said, I don't think they can pile it on because I think Texas State is going to be able to score against basically anybody in that level, you know, in that conference. So, look, Texas State may go outright again here. They might, yeah. And UTSA lost to a just awful Houston team last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. It's got to be deflating, too, for UTSA. It's a tough loss. They put a lot of stock in that game. Opener sort of a rivalry or what they want to be a rivalry. And now they have to come home, lick their wounds and play lowly Texas state. I really want them to, to play well in this one in the next couple of in the next, uh, next week as well, because September 23rd, they're going to Knoxville. Yeah. Better be careful. Um, Texas state, they're I, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I refuse to call him. Um, uh, the head coach is, uh, GJ Kenny. I mm-hmm. refuse to call him. G- I'm just going to call him Gary Joe. I will not yeah, use don't, the initials. Don't church it up, Gary Joe. Yeah. So I've got my third and I'm going to Boca Raton and we're going to lay yeah. three and a half with Florida Atlantic, um, against the Ohio Bobcats. Yeah, well, let's give I, that. It's a good pick. I think Ohio's quarterback, who's the reigning Mac player of the year, is out. Uh, Curtis Rourke. They said so, he's probably going to play, but he's definitely going to be banged up. I mean, he's okay. still hurt. Well, yeah, or he's he's not 100%. No. But um, Casey Thompson's awesome, and Tom Herman is good. Keep, I mean, mm-hmm. not to do this whole Arkansas State to Auburn type deal, but FAU to Ole Miss could become a thing if Lane Kiffin were to jump ship down the road tom herman's yes, a sir. good coach he got the he got poor treatment at Texas. that was just not a fit but he can coach and casey thompson can play when we're talking about a guy this is a power five quarterback playing against with mm-hmm. at fau with presumably better talent than what ohio has at home in that heat so um i'm gonna lay three and a half so i think ohio is going to be missing their two stud wide receivers and potentially a tight end as well um Ohio's good for the Mac, but I mean, they're not, if you're missing three players, plus you have a banged up quarterback, 
that you, this is a great bet. I think it's also going to be the last week you're going to be able to get FAU at a discount. I think the market is going to adjust at some point, and people are going to remember that Herman's down there with the power five transfer at quarterback. Yeah. I think this is the last time to buy low on FAU for the rest of the year. The number is going to be probably not worth betting into, but at three and a half, I love this pick. Yeah, and. Like Ben said, Casey Thompson, former Texas quarterback, but they've also got some dudes at the skill positions. Larry mm. McCame in the third, had power five offers. He played at Hoover. He's a good back. And then um, they've got a nice little one, two, three punch with Tony Johnson, Jaquan Burton, and uh, LeJonte Wester. They've got some receivers that can go get it. So I, I love this. And, yeah, people are going to figure out FAU, um, and these lines are not going to be as uh, – as kind to us the rest of the year. No, this is the last shot. All right, I've got my third. Uh, what can you give me on Georgia Southern against UAB? Mm. I'd seven like and a, six, a half. Oh, seven. seven. I, can give, I can give you seven. Give me a seven flat then. Let's lay seven with Georgia Southern. I think UAB made the worst off-season coaching hire this year. Uh, you don't and, think Dilfer's like the next great yeah, coach? Yeah, I, I think he's <laughs> – bad uh and i think he knows his football team is bad as evidenced by the fact that last week against north carolina a t uab went on an 11 play 99 yard drive <laughs> already up 28 to 6 this is this is three minutes left in the fourth quarter three minutes left in the fourth quarter they went on a 99 yard drive with their starters in the game and scored a touchdown to cover the number you know who oh. does that you know who does that? A coach who knows he's not going to cover any more numbers that year. That That's who does that. I think UAB is bad. This is not your big brother's UAB football team. Uh, Dilfer's not a good coach. He does not have a good roster. Georgia Southern is sneaky good. They always play well at home, too, by the way. Um, a touchdown, I think, is pretty light here. I think this could get ugly, like 17, 21-point win for Georgia Southern. So uh, get after that ass, as they say, at Georgia Southern. Let's lay the seven. Did anybody go from like a most likable dude to most unlikable dude from Bill Clark to Trent Dilfer? Man, yeah, that's you're right. That, that was yeah, a I, steep move. It, it's it's hard to find compliments about Trent Dilfer um, around Nashville. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah I can believe not, that. He's in over his head here. Like he's not qualified to be a head coach. He he basically got this position based on star power certainly not Ooh. because he's he was qualified what was he doing it was a high school coach high school yeah high school coach. he was at lipscomb academy here in nashville that seems yeah. like a bit i mean which and he, i'm not which he which he conveniently got the uab job and bolted right when they moved up a division yeah also i mean i feel like somewhere like lipscomb i don't know anything about the tssa but i feel like they're just recruiting better players a lot of times so it's not necessarily about like yeah. Being a really excellent, it's not like he was down there playing eight man ball, and just scheming things up and get with with nobodies. I mean, he's bringing in transfers from George County, and another guy went back and stuff. But like, they're just bringing in really good players. So I, mm -hmm. that's that's an odd jump, and you don't see many guys go from high school to like head coach of a G five team and have a, a ton of success. Yeah, just smells on, I guess you know, notwithstanding. That's a good. That's a good pick, Austin. All right, I've and got my last one here. Too. You, you don't march into Statesboro and get done. Nobody now. does. Nobody does. 
I got my last one here. Uh, I really, really, really considered taking Mississippi State minus nine and a half. I think they're going to be the breaks off of Arizona. I, I do think the Arizona team is a little bit better, but I just I think there's just a talent discrepancy. You know, I'm, I'm a low level Pac-12 team and, and a low level SEC team. There's just a large talent difference. But I decided against it mostly because I couldn't I couldn't do that. Like my heart couldn't take betting on Mississippi State. So I'm going to take under. You don't you don't think Jet Johnson is going to just wreak havoc all day? <sighs> yeah, no, he's going to be all TFLs, sacks all over the place. But again, like I said, I couldn't do it. So I'm going to take under 56 and a half, Alabama, Texas. Mm. I think we kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about what Alabama's going to do. They're kind of back to that old school smash mouth. They probably got the best offensive line in the country. Uh, they're going to slow the game down a little bit. And this could go one of two ways. Either I am very correct and Alabama wins like. 31 to 14 and it's really not all that close and it, it's a it's pretty low scoring affair and it really doesn't get all that close or it's like the tennessee alabama game last year you know played in the 40s or what was it the 50s up in knoxville and they just blow through this at halftime it's really only going one way or the other i just think it's going the first way i think that the defense of alabama is pretty good and i think that they are going to do everything in their power not to have to run, you know, Jalen Milrow 50 times and and really open up that offense and have a high-scoring game like they did last year in Knoxville. I think this is going to be low-scoring. I think Bama's playing at best in the low 30s, and I don't think Texas is breaking the mid-20s. All right. We got our 12 locks in there. This is – we're bouncing back. We got to. Last week was tough. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. I, I like this board here. And look, I, some sneaky good games for week two as well. I think this is uh, this is oh, it's be a much a fun better week. week, much better yeah. week than last week. Yeah, and and you got a bunch piled in early in the day too. You got a lot of interesting ones at eleven. You got some fun ones at two thirty. Obviously, Ole Miss is at two thirty as well. So get those second and third TVs out to uh, you know, pay attention to some of the other ones. I, everybody's got to have a TV locked in on El Asico at two thirty on Fox, but um. But yeah, I think this is a uh, this is a fun slate. So um, that is going to do it for hit that line. We appreciate Homefield Apparel, College Corner, and the rest of the sponsors that bring this show to you. And as always, we appreciate Austin, Ben, and Nick for joining us and uh, giving us their expert picks for Week Two of college football. We will be back next week talking Week Three. Until then, we out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.